With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the Hammer Down Racing Report. And now your hosts, Scott Hammer, Ron Miller, and Jerry Keezer. Welcome, race fans, to the Hammerdown Racing Report for Thursday, January 27th, show number 215. Oops. Got to get rid of that guy. Nobody can see us. What? What? Oh. Hold on. We're good. There we go. Hi. Uh, Lots of visuals tonight. So if you're actually listening to us on the uh, podcast, you're going to want to check out the the Facebook Live, uh, Twitter, or... YouTube live because we, uh, we got a sneak preview and it's really pretty cool. Yeah, we got some cool stuff. Uh, it's the uh, Hammerdown Racing Report coming at you live from uh, Ron Miller Race Car Studio, presented by Oakshade Raceway. Tonight on the show, we're going to be talking to Chris McCrone of McCrone Motorsports, and uh, he's got he's got some pretty cool stuff he's working on. Brand new uh, motorsports complex over there uh, by Lorraine, and. Uh, got plans we, we got a logo we're gonna we're gonna be showing you a bunch of stuff and talking to him about all the plans and everything that's going on there so uh you don't want to miss that some good stuff uh make sure to like us on facebook follow us on twitter at hammer report uh, follow us on youtube listen on your favorite podcasting platform of course apple podcast spotify iheart whatever we're on all of them uh you can also check us out at uh hammerdownracingreport.com um also coming up a little bit later, we have our how many. Last week's how many kind of didn't really have a winner. So everybody that entered last week, you're going to be on the Big D's Pizza Wheel, and you will have a chance to uh, to win a Big D's Pizza. One grand prize winner this week. There you go. Oakshade Raceway, where the fastest meets race every Saturday night during race season. Check them out on social media or uh, visit their uh, website, oakshaderaceway.com. So far, still just have the one date. Summer Nationals, July 16th. 2022 uh nothing yet official as far as the schedule as soon as we get something i'll let you know is that montpelier <laughs> maybe <laughs> uh contact freeze frame photos for all your racing photo needs from action shots to victory lane they have all your favorite drivers they also do special photo shoots uh by appointment Freeze frame photos, special moments frozen in time. Give Charlie a call, 419-476-9978. And uh, I think you can still get a calendar. Well, I'm sure. It's not too late. Those custom calendar deals. Yeah. I'll bet if you want a 22 calendar next December, you could probably get one. There you go. Uh, Also, I have to thank Big D's Pizza, Ron Miller Race Cars, freeze frame uh, photos. I already mentioned them. Uh, Dipman Motorsports and a brand new sponsor this week. Headhunters Barber Studio and Salon in Perrysburg. Ooh. They might even trim your beard up there, Jerry. Will it? Yeah. I believe it or not, I just got it just had it done, but I've been wearing a mask off and on all day. Oh, so, so it's little, all kinds of messy. Little wild manny looking. Yeah. Uh, Headhunters located right there on uh, 25 across from uh like where Churchill's is, right down there in Perrysburg. Okay. So, right by uh McDonald's. Are right they race fans yet? 
Uh, yeah, I'm trying to get their. They got a really cool logo. I really have to bring up their logo. I'm trying to get that on my car. Um, it's pretty cool. My buddy John. Is their the logo as cool as that nail salon that was in Sandusky? Is I don't, that I don't cool? remember their logo. That was their name that was cool. But oh, well, yeah. And they're gone, so who knows? Um, yeah. Let's, uh, That's a shame. Let's, uh, let's bring in uh, Chris here and uh, talk about this uh, brand new uh, motorsports complex uh, that's uh, coming to the uh, Lorraine area. Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks for uh, coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Chris, in case any of our listeners don't know, where is Lorraine, Ohio? <laughs> Great question. It's on Lake Erie. It's about uh, 30 minutes west of Cleveland and about an hour and 15 minutes east of Toledo. Not too far. Not not a bad drive. No, not no. terrible. Now, uh, before we get into uh, the, the plans for this uh, motorsports complex, Ohio Motorsports Park, show the the logo here in just a minute uh you've been involved in, in motorsports uh, mostly go-karts uh, from what i can tell give us a, a little bit of, of your uh, background yeah so yeah uh, i grew up kart racing actually my brother uh, raced karts before me and uh, my dad kind of got me into the sport as a kid and i ran the the old ohio sprint series for a while um uh, the ovka some of those races uh, ran out of fremont quite a bit actually uh, when it converted from Hasselback Raceway to Fremont and uh, just enjoyed the sport growing up quite a bit and family started pursuing the dream a little bit at a higher level and um, in uh, 2000 we were negotiating a, uh, an agreement with uh, a sponsor and uh, to go into the Indy Lights uh, series with my brother with uh, Steve Horn and Tasman Motorsports and unfortunately my dad passed away that week two days later unexpectedly. Jeez. And uh, it was that day I walked away from the, the sport completely. Um, I was a hockey player as well, so I just kind of focused on that. And uh, finished up college, uh, played hockey, and really didn't get too involved in motorsports at all until about three, about three and a half years ago. Uh, my kids, uh, they found pictures. Oh, <laughs> and, no. Uh, yeah, right, exactly. How old, are your, how old were your kids uh, when they found these pictures? Uh, they were nine. Okay, Ooh. so, so, they, so yeah, they know what they were looking at. Yeah. So, and they were, they grew up loving cars. You know, they grew up, we you know, the car shows and um, I have two wonderful step boys as well. And, and they, they just, they love, they love the, the industry. And so they, they're like, wait a minute here. This is, this is a race cart. And they, uh, they said, is this you? And, uh, and I said, yeah. So I had to tell them more of the story. And um, I called my good friend, Kit Henry up at, at uh, uh, in Fremont. And he put me back in one of Cap Henry's old Yamahas that day. And I went out there and I ran the club race and I think I finished second that day. And, and I, they put my kids in a kid cart after the race was over. And uh, needless to say, we walked out with about $8,000 in go-karts and we left that weekend and uh, <laughs> back in the sport we went. And the, the, the dream of a track and a race team really was never, uh, never part of it until about a year later. And uh, we, uh, we saw an opportunity to service, you know, other uh, other karting families. And so we started Macron Motorsports first. And I kind of reinvigorated the dream that my dad had. And, you know, off the races we went. And we, we started with three guys at our first race. And um, last year, the largest event we went to, we had 16 guys underneath our tent. And we started competing very well. And uh, the, the, big, the big end of the story was we had an opportunity to to acquire some land and, and really build something that I believe 
if we're going to change the sport, you got to change the roots of the sport first. You want to, you know, we want to try to help racers achieve a dream. Um, they need to have the entry level um, sport be cost effective and have different levels of racing in the same geographical area. So that was the dream. And uh, about 16 months into it uh, is now I can start sharing. It's, it's becoming a reality. Chris, uh, obviously your kids are older now. Um, are, are they still involved with, uh, with your dream? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, so the two older boys um, are not, they're not into karting much anymore. They, they support the team and, and whatever we need to get done. Uh, they're more mechanical and, you know, kind of whatever task they need to get done. But the, the 13 and 12 year old, um, they're still both driving. Um, the, the, uh, the younger one is actually more mechanical and more interested in the engineering side. He really gets it. Uh, the older one is more into the driving and, and just the tasks. Whatever you tell him to do, he'll do. Um, and then I have, a, I have an 11-year-old daughter, actually. She's, she's the tough one, man. She's a <laughs> quick story. She was racing at Fremont last year, and she got bumped off the track by somebody, and she went you know, full speed through the barrier, through the fence, underneath the fence, bent the fence to hell. And uh, she got out and the EMT said, you need to take a break. And she started crying. And I said, are you okay? And she's like, I'm just mad because I can't go out and finish my heat. <laughs> so she's got, she's got it in her blood. And so uh, uh, she, she, we'll see what happens. But she's definitely, she's chasing the driver's seat for sure. So how Very did, good. So how did uh, things start going toward this, uh, this uh, idea for a, a motorsports complex with a couple of go-kart tracks and yeah. eventually a dirt track uh, oval track as well how'd that all come about yeah so about two years ago i was leaving my office this is right when COVID hit actually it was like that march and uh i uh i was leaving my corporate office and i saw a vacant land and i said man it'd be really neat to bring uh, you know a competitive track here and kind of kind of resembling gopro down in mooresville where it has rental and competition on the same track i wasn't thinking separate tracks at the time so that's where it started the dream. We started negotiating a property, a purchase, and uh, we couldn't get the deal done. And, and we were getting close, but not quite there. Like, But at that same time, a very good friend of mine reached out, now my business partner, uh, he reached out to another friend of ours. They had coffee. And he, uh, his name's Brad Mullins. He's an, uh, the chairman of the Lorraine Port Authority. And they just came back from an EPA summit where Porsche built their experience center in, in Los Angeles on an old toxic brownfield. And they uncovered in that discussion about how Charlotte was on a, you know, on a garbage dump and how there's other facilities that have leveraged part of their property on an actual old dump. And he's like, you know, we've got this 200 acre parcel that's 75 acres of it in different spots or old landfill. And he said, would you be interested in just having a discussion with us? And I said, sure. So we went in, we met with him in the port, and then we met with Mayor Jack Bradley, Sanford, Washington, um, at the time, Max Upton. Um, and it was just a casual discussion. And then it was, I, I just asked them, I said, hey, if we could bring motorsports to Lorraine, would you work with us on this? And Mayor Bradley was phenomenal. And um Tom Brown from the Lorraine Port Authority and Tiffany said, I think we can get this deal done. And so that began the negotiations. And so we made a big investment in a lot of engineering and a lot of environmental studies to make sure we could accomplish it. And we had to do it quietly because, you know, you, you can imagine, you know, Scott, you're in a spot where you have an idea in a town that is was decimated by the loss of the automotive industry. 
and you're talking about bringing motorsports back to the town. So unless I could do it concretely, I didn't want to talk about it. So, I mean, we heard rumors about what we were doing. It was actually kind of comical what some of the stuff that we heard, what we were building, but we didn't tell anybody. And uh, until about a month and a half ago, when uh, we had to sign a letter of intent in public form at the city. And how long, how long uh, before, you know, it was, you let the cat out of the bag. How long was, uh, were you planning this? I mean, was this a year or two years? Yeah. I worked with the city of Lorraine for exactly 11 months, but we were working on the project for a total of 15. Okay. You know, at, at a time where a lot of racetracks are facing backlash, it's really cool that Lorraine seems to be very strongly behind you. Yeah, they're great. Mayor Bradley and his leadership team are phenomenal. They, it, the, the property is in a very unique place. It's on the river. It's on the Black River. It's about a nautical mile downstream. I mean, Lorraine is an international city. At one point in time, it was the largest port in all the Great Lakes. So there, there's a lot of history in this town. I mean, U.S. Steel was there. The, the porterhouse steak was invented in Lorraine. Really? So, I mean, wow. There's, there, yeah, there's interesting history. Are you going to be serving those at the track, concession stands? I hope so, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, there's so much history of motorsport in Lorraine, and um, the city's been phenomenal. And their biggest concern was, A, is it environmentally safe? Well, we, we, we spent a lot of time and resources to validate that, number one. Number two is, is it economically feasible? You know, for the record, we're not asking the city for a TIF. We're not asking them for a tax abatement. We're not asking them for a payroll tax deduction. The project stands on its own because we were able to negotiate a purchase price that was favorable to simply let us build the property, Right. So we were able to secure 204 acres at a dollar an acre. Woo. And many people say, well, whoa, you know, it's crazy. Well, this property was vacant since 1981. So they've done nothing with it. Generating zero revenue. And a lot of risk. I mean, there's guys out there in four-wheelers and dirt bikes. And, you know, unfortunately, there was, <laughs> there was drugs being cooked in the property. Oh, my <laughs> There's a lot of risk there. I mean, 204 acres is a lot of property to manage when there's no one there regularly. And so it, it, it mitigates the risk. And, and I really can't say enough about the city, but also U.S. Steel. Um, there was a mortgage on a couple of the parcels. There's seven total parcels. And U.S. Steel was gracious enough to forgive um, an $800,000 mortgage that the city had. Um, they released it completely. Um, because they said, listen, although we pulled part of our business out of Lorraine, Lorraine was great to us in our run, and we want to try to be equally as good back. So I, big kudos to the steel workers in, in Lorraine County, and a big thank you to them and, and their organizational group. Now, uh, describe uh, kind of the plans and the timeline uh, for this uh, proposed uh, motorsports complex in uh, Lorraine. And yes, it is Ohio. Uh, James Miner was asking here. And, and here's... here's uh, the logo, uh, the, the, the first iteration of, of the logo. You are the first ones to see it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So the timeline, uh, we we're completing what's called an Ulta survey. And it's, I guess it's a topographical thing. We, to validate all the elevations, you know, we have a general one that was provided us from the County and, and, um, our owner's rep, Mike Bosetti from Bellevue, Ohio, actually, uh, Sordis design. They've done a great job. 
and he's working with Bram Hall Engineering in in uh, in Avon, Ohio, and they're finalizing that site plan. Once that's done, we can complete what's called a 513 permit. It takes about 45 to 60 days. I say all that to say this. Everything is going to be, you know, above board, T's crossed, I's dotted to get to that point where we can put a shovel in the ground. It is anticipated sometime in April, but the way the project has been going with these slight delays here and there and, and you know, offices being closed because of COVID and, you know, and start and stop. I would say comfortably we'll be able to put a show on the ground by May. There's still a chance in April, but uh, but definitely by May. Now, would, it, would it be okay if we show the site plan? No, by all means, yeah. This and, is, I mean, it's not a final rendering, but it's going to be. It's pretty close. And uh, it, it kind of d- describe to us uh, what uh, I mean the different tracks uh, that we have here. Yeah. So the uh, the the picture is actually you know it's represented on. on um, a compass as well. So due north is up top, due south is below. And that's the Black River right at the bottom that you can see. So um, the property is on the river. Um, of the 204 acres that we initially have acquired, this is about 50 to 55 acres in total. Uh, we're calling it phase one and phase two. Phase one is all of the infrastructure for both phases. And then the two cart tracks that you'll see there in the north side and the south side. The north side, that's a rental track. So uh, Burrell Art, it's a factory brand out of Italy that we are the, we're a dealer here in Ohio for. And um, they have a phenomenal rental uh, cart program. And we're importing 46 chassis. Uh, 42 of them will be a, a adult chassis and four of them will be two-seaters so we can get kids out there. Um, and eventually we'll bring in a junior cart. Yeah, it's strictly just timing. That'll probably be in 2023. But that that track is a half of a mile road course. And the the rental carts are real race carts. They, you know, there's caster in the wheels, there's camber. Um, it's a 50 millimeter axle. So it's a little bit larger tube frame just for durability reasons. But um, they'll do 55 miles an hour. And, you know, you've got to wear safety equipment on the track. And you you actually can develop racecraft and learn the sport. And what's interesting with our facility and what we pride ourselves on is that you can see it's right next to a competition track. And why that's relevant is on the weekend when you bring in an, a national level race and you've got 300 carters with another thousand in support with their teams and they bring in semi rigs and the whole and the whole song and dance, the the renter who's out there having a good time with his buddies can actually see drivers that are the future of our big sports. I mean, for right, for example, right now, I mean, Keelan Harvick runs in a series with us and Kevin flies in for a lot of these events and he's walking the paddock with them. Kyle Bush walking the paddock with these guys. Uh, Juan Pablo Montoya is at almost every single one of the rock races that we, that run through. Um, Rubens Barrichello just raced in Florida and his son will be uh, runs the karting series. So they'll have a chance to meet and greet, and not have to go spend a ton of money to go to a large event, these folks will be actually here running in the cart series, which is arguably um, the probably the best developmental series for any high level of racing. And it looks um, like you'll have several different uh, configurations for, for yeah. those road courses. Yeah, and what's not shown on this map, but it will be in the final rendering, is, is that there's two spots where the rental track and the competition track 
or cart owner track for another word, they connect. So we'll be able to do a couple endurance charity races where you get different, different clubs that come in and we're all, you know, it's solely focused for charity. A lot of organizations do a great job of that. Um, MCC down in Cincinnati, Sean Bales group, they do a really good job with that. Um, but you can do a mile and a half long track easily at that point. And, um, it's for a good cause. I mean, some, you know, eight hour races, 24 hour races and carts, it gets to be a little bit comical at some point, but it raises a lot of money for a great cause. What about, uh, possibly a, a dirt cart track at some point? Yeah. You're beating me to the punch. Oh, sorry. Uh, (laughs) I'm just saying what everybody's thinking. Yeah. So. So our plan is a dirt oval track um, for we, we don't know if it'll be a one sixteenth or, you know, a one thirty second. We don't know that yet. It was important for us to get the engineering work done on these three tracks first, um, because the, the smaller track, as you can imagine, is easier to place than the bigger ones. <laughs> so so, yes, we will have a dirt track. Um, we we're, we're insured by NKA, which is the National Karting Alliance. And uh, Joe Janowski has been a great partner. Christian Marsh, they've been great with us. And they do a lot of insurance, both on sprint racing as well as dirt racing. And so that is, that is, it is part of the plan. We will have a dirt go-kart facility. We just don't have it on the rendering yet because simply we got to get these two buttoned down in the next two weeks first. A lot of our listeners are stock car people. Talk to us about that, that oval track down on the uh, southwest side. Yeah, so uh, Mr. Hammer brought up a good point and said, where are the pits at? So uh, <laughs> pardon the, uh, 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 you'll have them, I promise. Um, no, so this is just a rendering, right? So we, we have an updated one. It's just not as prettied up as this. Um, yeah, but it's a 3 dirt 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 oval. And uh, uh, we anticipate the grandstands to hold between twenty and 25,000 people. Um, similar to Eldora, we, we want to kind of have it the horseshoe environment where one end of the track will be kind of stair-step grass, more general mission, bring a blanket, bring your own chair, kind of hang out. Uh, we, we, we're praying and hoping that it's an opportunity to bring in the all-star circuit and WKA, obviously our local club races. You know, we, we want to have a weekday club race as long as, as well as weekend stuff. The, the pit and paddock area will be large enough to support an event going on there as well as a karting event although it's not on this rendering. Um, I commit to you, Scott, when the final rendering is done, I'll send it to you. Whether I'm on the show or not, you can show it to your listeners. But right. uh, it's uh, our goal. Our goal is to have many different series run through here, right? And we want to partner with the other clubs that are around us. I mean, you've got Fremont's a great facility. The Rain County Speedway is a great facility. I was on the phone with Randy Maggio today. And, you know, one of the things I get all the time when, we were, when everybody was spreading rumors about what we were doing is we're not a con- we're not in competition with you we believe a rising tide will raise all ships i mean you want to you want to make a sport great give them an entry point i mean not everybody has the resources to get out and go do it jerry just show me and show you know show me a, a dirt truck right they don't even know where to begin but if you can come and race a rental cart for a while and start meeting people like yourselves and having great conversations well now you've got an entry point and maybe you start wrenching for somebody then you pick up you save up enough cash and you get your own car and now you got a place to actually go run in a club level. And that, that's the goal of what we're trying to accomplish. And, and we believe we can do that here and serve the community in a big way. I, I know I'm jumping ahead because the, uh, the, 
the dirt track is uh, that's a couple years out still. Yeah. But uh, I mean, have you given thought to to a you know running just a weekly set of uh, classes, or is that only going to be the special events with like the All Stars, World of Outlaws, or whatever? Yeah, you know, I don't. <laughs> I don't have enough knowledge into all the different series that they run, but if, if, if you had to pin me down and say what we would like to do, we would love to have a standard weekly run, right? Whether it's a, you know, cl- I call, I call it a club series, okay. right? You know, you have your locals and so on and so forth. And then we want to have the special events that come in, right? Where you, so, so I can imagine like, you know, your, your Thursday night thunders, right? Where you've got them running every single Thursday night for 22 weeks, right? And great. Or 18 of 22 weeks. And then on your weekends, you you run different series and you support what you can. We we want to make sure a it's feasible for people to come. Uh, B you know some of the races we want to have big purses give give people a chance to earn some dough. There's there's nothing better than when you walk out of a track. I don't care how large the check is. If you get a check, period, it's a great night. <laughs> and uh, uh, and then and then lastly, really give give the audience a great show. Right. So if people can come in and park easy and it's clean and the facilities are nice and there's nice bathrooms and there's nice concessions and, you know, maybe there's a restaurant on the property. Right. So porterhouse steaks. There you go. Right. So (laughs) there's there's things that you can provide. We want to provide a world class experience. That's that is the most important part. You know, for those individuals that have gone to Disney World, you never see somebody cutting the grass at Disney World. Right. Well. Same thing here. We wanted people to come in and experience a world-class facility and never know when the work is done. Now, was there any thought given, uh, I mean, did Mansfield getting kind of scrapped? Did that have any, uh, uh, any impact? Yeah. None at all. Okay. <laughs> no, this was, uh, so I'm a man of faith and, and I, I believe kind of got open a couple doors here to get to this, to this point. And the bigger mission behind this whole thing is, is that the, the followers community in Lorraine is it, it's 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 uh, it's desperate in some in pretty big ways. And we believe that this park can not only provide jobs and resources, but summer camps for kids, help them get trained in, 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 the, in the sport itself at no cost to them. Right. And help them learn and, if, and redevelop a community that one at one time I mean, Lorraine was a very dynamic community. I, mean, I, I remember seeing pictures of my parents. They would go to Broadway Avenue in Lorraine, right? And we lived in Lakewood, Ohio. So it was, you know, it was a big thing at, at one point in time. And uh, we, we, you know, we believe that giving back is that's the primary mission. So if we're, if we're focused on providing value for all individuals in the motorsport world or those spectators or the community itself, uh, the, the outside tracks really have no influence on what we're doing. We, 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 we can work with them all. And we wanted to we want to do our best to promote the whole sport, not just our facility. From the stock car track standpoint, you're in a really good area. Obviously, Cleveland, uh, Toledo is big. Uh, Western PA, uh, amazing amount of, of racing going on there. Uh, just a little farther south, uh, there, there's two or three dirt tracks. Uh, a, a lot to draw from. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Let uh, I want to go back to the the timeline thing here, uh, just yeah. a little bit. the The plan is uh, the first phase is the the rental track, the smaller cart track, correct? And the competition track, both both at the same time. Board at the same time, yeah. Okay, and what board in that April, May, June time okay. frame? And yeah, and you're thinking open soon after that, then? Yeah. So we're told from uh, the 
the asphalt companies that we we have the capacity and the ability to not only uh, pour the pour the the track itself, but within four to six weeks have the have them cured um, and be able to put carts in the facilities. Now we'll focus on kind of a soft launch in August September for the rental track, and maybe run it. We, we're going to working with a couple of other uh, cart racing clubs. Um, and the Buckeye Karting Challenge to potentially have an event before year's end. But we're not going to have all the buildings done yet. We're not going to have the garages. I mean, we're having garages where people can store their carts there. We're building a race shop that's going to be there. We're building a big warehouse that we're going to distribute parts. And all of that's not going to be done in the same time frame, just because steel and timber, there's a lot of different things going on right now in in obviously the supply chain world. Uh, but our grand opening will be April of 23 for the two cart tracks. And what the, about the dirt? Oh, you're getting there. It's got the dirt track, right? So <laughs> yeah. the dirt track in this, in the summer of 23, they will finalize the engineering, the topo and the design, and then begin that process. We are told with what we're trying to build, that's going to be a whole year build. And so that puts us from some point in 23 to some point in 24. I'd rather under promise here. So let's just say that we'll do a grand opening in 25, but it could be sooner. Scott, I'm seeing a couple of live remotes in our future. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I do have a question going back a little bit to the environmental studies and top, topographical studies, yeah. like you were saying. You're right there on, on the Black River with putting this much into a facility and with, with asphalt tracks dirt tracks is they're concerned with the river being there of any flooding issues yeah great question so um uh i don't have this it doesn't show the elevation change here right so where you where you see that track ending that is, from that point down to the river is almost a 40 foot elevation change so we're up on the top end of the property all okay. of that going down the river it, it is pretty steep as you walk down it's pretty rapid there's there's a track there's a track in southern Ohio that has a, a, about the same uh, distance uh, from the tracks and, and every spring they flood badly. Yeah, little bigger river though. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, so, I think this one probably flows into that one. Yeah. Well, what we were told, um, you know, we had the we had a wetland study done, and. What we were told was is that the river can rise there. The high, the, the high it, highest it's ever risen is way far from where we're putting any type of facility. The other thing to mention is, is that the north side of our property, it grades down to that river at, you know, a ratio of like basically every 20 or 30 feet, it goes down a foot. So the drainage all drains to the river to begin with. And then it just kind of cliffs at the end. So, so from our design team, we've been, uh, we've been told so far that drainage issues, drain tiles and things of that nature, it actually is a wonderful place to put an asphalt track because, because it naturally flows away. Nothing flows into it. And there are, as you can see in there, those little retention ponds in the center of the track are already there. Those are not ours. Really? Those are, that's natural. We're not changing anything on it whatsoever. So, so where you have the retention pond, it already exists. So, have you done any uh, groundbreaking yet, or when is uh, 
groundbreaking going to start? Yeah, we're putting a shovel in the ground with this, what I would call a ceremony with the mayor and those that are involved that April, May timeframe. Okay. Prior to that, the only thing that we're going to do is remove some trees on the property that need to be removed. Uh, just, just because you can, it's frozen, right? So it's easy to get excavating equipment out there and cut those out of the way now. You mean it's cold there? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) My kids didn't have school today. You know, remember when we were kids, right? Everybody walked to school. Uphill both ways. That's right. (laughs) Stop it, Scott. Any, uh, any, uh, is there any government, uh, roadblocks or any other hurdles you need to clear? Are you guys uh, free to go and, and make this thing happen? I'm sure there'll be things that come up. I mean, we had a, uh, there was a concern about the bird population that was dealt with in the council this past Monday, um, you know, and that was dealt dealt with professionally. I mean, we're we're aware. I mean, we, we we're working with the Metro Parks. The, the, the part that I didn't share with you all yet is, is that you know, the Lorraine Metro Parks have a um, an asphalt path that uh, that's on the border of our property. And we are working with Jim Zimanek, the director um, at Lorraine Metro Parks. Um, it's not in this rendering, but there's a 10-acre island in the middle of the Black River, just south of that track. And so the east side of that property, we're working with him to, to, to provide an easement, a road, a parking lot, and then they want to build a bridge to Monkey Island. Hmm. What it could provide for I like is, the name. Yeah, isn't that cool? So... Uh, I had a friend of mine that said, hey, I'll open up a brewery over there called Monkey Island Brewery. And nice. Said, it's an opportunity, right? So, so the but the bridge will provide access to the island, and the metro parks are interested in putting an outrigger shop out there, kayaks, paddle boards, maybe some jet skis. I'm trying to convince them to put a zipline course in where we go back and forth across the water, right? So, But those are all things that the metro parks, they can work with the Army Corps of Engineers, just like we have to, but they can get a lot more done because they're a governmental agency. They can get it done quicker. <clears throat> We're not disrupting any wetland area. We're not disrupting any of the capped land. Um, so our process with the U.S. Uh, um, Department of Natural Resources, um, with the Ohio EPA and the federal EPA, the Army Corps, we are submitting to what's called a 513 permit, and it tackles all of that we we have to disclose everything we're doing and they're walking hand in hand with us the whole process so we don't anticipate any surprises but i'm sure there's gonna we're gonna hit some some form of a speed bump right i mean it's gonna happen i mean you can't do this without hitting something and so so i anticipate some level of development we're gonna have to do all right well we uh we appreciate you giving us the time giving us an update on the ohio motorsports park uh, coming to Lorraine, not too far from here, in between, is kind of halfway between Sandusky and Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, it's probably a little closer to Cleveland. Okay, uh, you know, but yeah, but you know, if anybody recognizes, like say Vermilion or that area, it's the next major town. I mean, you're 15 minutes from Vermilion, so. And how can uh, people? Is there a website yet or social media? Anything where people can no. Yeah, so we, we intentionally haven't drawn uh, any uh, development towards a website or a social page yet. Um, sometime before the end of Q1 in 2022 here, we will launch the Ohio Motorsports page. The, we will launch everything associated with it. It'll all be launched, uh, but we're not quite there yet. We wanted to get a lot of the legwork 
that you know i'm sharing you're the first first media person anybody that we've gone this in depth with uh you know for the record what was in the paper was because they heard us speak at the event not because they wanted to talk to them so you know this is the this is step one and but we're looking forward to the opportunity of really sharing uh things with a big bang right and you know sharing our partners you know we, we you know we're obviously a dealer in the sport and we want to share our partners along the way and and we look forward to working together with them so sometime by the end of march you'll see ohio motorsports park uh, on all the social pages website will be up and then we will share updates along the way and and we think we'll be we're probably going to create a video along the way too to kind of draw some attention and we're working with a media partner right on, on that right now excellent uh Definitely keep in touch with that, and we'll uh, yeah. share out the, the links and everything for, for all that. And I'm pretty excited about uh, yeah. another racetrack. Very cool. Yeah. You'll be the newest racetrack in, in Ohio. Yeah. Oh, Jerry, I, 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 envision us doing, I envision us doing a remote there, so, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you do. What, what was that, Chris? I said, Jerry, you got to come out to one of our races. You can commentate for us. Call Absolutely. There you go. Yeah. Any of us can. Ron likes to talk too. Oh yeah, he no, does. Not me. <laughs> All right, it. Chris. Uh, well, we appreciate the time again, and uh, good luck with everything, and, and definitely keep in touch. I will for sure. As we get some things that are worth sharing, I'll send them your way. All right, sounds good. We'll Thank s- you very much. Have a good day. All right, Thanks, you too. Chris. See you, Chris. There you go, Chris McCrone of uh, Ohio Motorsports Park. Um, pretty ambitious plans. I'm looking forward to that. Especially, Again, Scott, break, I know, obviously breaking, I'm excited about the, news. the dirt track, the three, eight mile dirt track coming, but I got to wait a couple years for that. Well, I'm, I'm thinking that, that it sounds that like go- I may have an announcing job. <laughs> I'm thinking that go-kart rental could be a real hoot. Well, and that's a cool that thing too. Could get help get people, you know, younger kids again into the sport and, you know, maybe that aren't going to, I mean, there's lots of go-kart tracks uh, around this area in, in Southern Michigan, but you know, maybe they don't have their own cart to, to go do that. But and, nothing big time, not, nothing yeah. big time rental wise like that. Yeah, where you can watch professional, you know, or semi professional cart racers, literally right next to where you're paying to race, doing the exact same thing for you to see the sport up close. Yeah, not not just the little rinky dink. And it's kind of cool to have a whole the whole uh, park, you know, with yeah. the different tracks, the go karts. Yeah dirt track, you know, and coming eventually a dirt go-kart track. Um, maybe I should ask them what other plan. Maybe there'll be a drag strip sometime in the future. Mud <laughs> bog. Who knows? I mean, they've got the land for Campground. it. Mud bog. Campground, yeah. Ooh, yeah. I mean, they're talking about doing the, the bridge to Monkey Island and jet ski and all that. You know, that would be something else to put in. I mean, sure. Could, that'd White, be a great. Whitewater great rafting. Area. Maybe you know. Chris is still listening. <laughs> He's still in the room. I, he might be on there. I, I see him grinning. I think I think he's still there. <laughs> uh, you got some uh, results from last weekend there, Jerry? Sure do. Just a little bit of racing action. Volusia Raceway, I'm sorry, Volusia Speedway Park was in action on Friday night. The event from Thursday that got cut short due to time constraints, rough track conditions was moved to Friday. And then Friday's regularly scheduled show was postponed to Saturday, but Rain washed that out. So we only had a little bit of action the Thursday night show on Friday with Dale McDowell picking up the win, Tyler Herb second, Kyle Larson third. And that's kind of huge. Dale McDowell battling some health issues and, you know, looked like maybe he was going to be 
fun. He's back on the track and, and already winning. So that's that's great news for Dale McDowell. Uh, Friday's regularly scheduled features were postponed by rain to Saturday, but again, that was washed out. Uh, the Friday rained out features will be run on February 16th at Volusia. Uh, next up at Volusia Speedway Park for the Dirt Car Nationals, Wednesday, February 16th through Saturday, February 19th. East Bay is underway right now, watching a little bit of hot laps and qualifying. Don't have any results right now for you, but you get done watching us, check out Flow Racing for some more racing action. Hopefully Volusia County gets uh, some of their character issues taken care of. I like how character has been... That's the buzzword, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Big D's Pizza Subs, Ribs, Chicken and More in Clyde, Ohio. Give them a call, 419-547-1444 while you're watching Volusia or whatever. Uh, they are open for yeah, – I already I did that already, Jerry, while you were talking. Oh, about. well, I was talking. Okay, I, know. I was yeah. reading. It's okay. Um, they're open for lunch tomorrow and Saturday. We're open for lunch today, too. But uh, open for lunch tomorrow and Saturday, Big D's Pizza. Uh, you can order it, order Big D's pizza.com also don't forget to check out uh uh the new cheese and pepperoni pizza bites served with the side of marinara sauce also ron miller race cars i, I Seven, know those guys 734-856-7223 race cars parts safety equipment service everything a racer needs except yeah. for pizza which you except get a big deeds. yes that's a good point yeah <laughs> smooth jeff very uh <laughs> got a little bit of racing news uh to get to here before we uh away a big d's pizza uh circuit of the americas is uh undergoing a repaving project repaving turns uh, 12 through 16 and uh, building a concrete pad to reinforce areas at uh, turn two and turn 10 uh first race uh that's going to be on uh, that's uh, nascar race coming up on uh, march 25th through the 27th that weekend so it, they just built that track and they're already repaving things it's making it better right they're reinforcing it. Maybe they found go. that the cars were a little heavier than they yeah, expected. Yeah. Uh, NASCAR Hall of Famer and three-time NASCAR Cup Series champion Tony Stewart will join the Fox Sports broadcast team Ooh. for the first two NASCAR races of the season. He'll join uh, Mike Joy, Clint Boyer uh, on the Fox Sports called the inaugural Bush Light Clash at the Coliseum. That's coming up on Sunday, February 6th. That's a week from Sunday, isn't it? Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. And the uh, 64th running of the Daytona 500 on uh, Sunday, February 20th. It'll be interesting to see because uh, wasn't he kind of pissed off at NASCAR? Kind of? Yes. Yeah. I, I've been thinking about this whole dynamic. Yeah. Is he going to advertise his SRX series during the NASCAR yeah. races? Is, yeah, and that's a CBS thing. But, yeah. This, oh, come on. We, be... all, all of us know that Tony is 100% politically correct. So that, Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. That's like the woman at Fort Wayne he told to kiss his ring finger. Okay. Asterix. Uh, yeah. And I, I'm sure that uh, I'm sure Fox didn't do that to try and get any ratings or anything. Not at no. all. Uh, Austin Sindrick, Harrison Burton, Chase Briscoe, and Haley Deegan, all part of the uh, Ford Performance Program in NASCAR, will pair up. In two Ford Mustang GT4s for the IMSA Michelin uh, Pilot Challenge season opener, the uh, BMW M Endurance Challenge, which is uh, coming up on tomorrow. Today's the 27th, isn't it? Yeah, January 28th, tomorrow. It's race season, kids. Uh, A day later, uh, Cindric will step into the number uh, 15 Proton USA Mercedes AMG GT3 and race in the uh, new GTD Pro Class at the uh, 60th 
Rolex 24 at Daytona, which tips off the uh, IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship calendar. Now, is that going to be the fourth class, do you think, Scott? I don't know. There's, like because a, there's, a, there, there's a lot of classes. Uh, typically, there had been three classes. There's at least four. I was, yeah. I was actually reading an article on all the different classes. There's, all right. There's at least four. Uh, Luke Soil uh, Late Model Dirt Series gets going for the first time in uh, 2022. Golden Isles tonight through Saturday. They had practice yesterday. I didn't watch any of that, but uh, I saw that they were practicing. So Lucas Oil Series is uh, kicking off, and apparently Kyle Larson is quick-timed and ran second. Thanks, Dave. Ooh. Um, World of Outlaws NAS Energy Drink Series Director Carlton Reimers and Technical uh, Director Tom DeVitt have uh, confirmed the first rules bulletin of the year with an onboard fire suppression system becoming mandatory to compete in the World of Outlaws NAS Energy Drink Sprint Car Series by the beginning of next season, 2023. Series officials have already already begun uh, conducting co- cockpit nozzle tests while the SFI uh, will begin their research and development on January 26th. That was yesterday. As uh, previously stated, a specification is expected to be finalized by late spring or early summer. Fire suppression systems uh, will then be mandatory uh, for all World of Outlaws races starting with the season opener next year. Ooh. What do you think about that? Is are, the late models they aren't, isn't it mandatory? The late models wasn't that a dirt car rule? Oh uh, yeah. Okay, so it, they've had it for for a little while. Then right. With the late models. So now the sprint cars uh, joining it. What do what do you think of that for the sprint cars? I know your opinion. What's your opinion of it for the late models? Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Okay, then. Well, yeah. I, I think there's still some issues that haven't been fully addressed, and uh, more engineering should be forthcoming. Well, they got a year. You think they'll yeah. get it worked out? I don't know. Are they going to be adjusting the weight on the sprint cars? How much weight? Uh, how much do those weigh? I don't have any idea. Um, I think the entire system probably goes 12, 15 pounds, and those guys are absolutely anal over ounces. So, <laughs> anal over ounces. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I don't know. The, they don't get to choose where they mount it, or do they? You know, when the, when the late models went to door plates and fire systems, uh, they added 50 pounds to the weight of our cars. And that affected the handling a lot? Not a lot, but... Noticeably? Yeah. Technology has changed so fast, Scott, that it's really hard to, to, to quantify that one. Uh, NASCAR officials have updated the Cup Series rulebook, rulebook uh, concerning penalties for violations to the new next-gen race car. Teams will still be penalized under a tiered system, which is now levels L1 to L3 infractions. Uh, harshest L3 penalties uh, for modifications to the next-gen car or any parts from the vendors includes not only the loss of a playoff of playoff points and crew member suspensions, but uh, possible postseason ban. Ooh. So I don't think uh, NASCAR wants anybody to tinker with those with the new cars. That's, what that, that's like. pretty straightforward. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mike Harmon's penalty. Uh, remember we talked about his team getting penalty or getting uh, penalized for. Uh, doing that exhibition deal at Rockingham, was it last fall, I think right. it was? Uh, NASCAR penalized him, uh, saying it was a test session, an unauthorized test session. Well, uh, they've rescinded part of that penalty, 
uh, after an appeal, the uh, $50,000 fine and the six-race suspension for crew chief Ryan Bell were both rescinded after the, the, the last appeal there. The team will still be assessed a, a, a loss of 75 driver and 75 owner points. That's significant. So, yeah, that is still significant. But. Two, two races if you win both of them. I mean, that's yeah. $50,000. That's a lot of money, though, too. Yeah, but but the points are going to hurt if he can't make it in the playoffs, you know, because Mike Harmon's not one of the, the big money That's teams and a front runner. You know, for him to make it into the playoffs, every point that he gets through the season is huge. Yep. And for 75 points to be taken right off the bat, he basically tie tie his hand the team's hands right off the bat for the season. Uh one last thing I want to mention, this wasn't in your prep because I added it after I emailed that to you tonight. Uh, Dwayne Hancock found out after uh, last week's uh, show was uh, up for Auto Racing Promoter of the Year uh, for his uh, the Attica Fremont Championship Series uh, that he's the been RPM, yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I don't know if you noticed other names on that list. I did. I didn't look. I was hurrying to try and do the prep tonight. So Larry Bose was also was he on, on the there? list of ah, Yeah. Okay. So, but um, the the link to the other big names. the link to uh, to vote is uh, it's on our Facebook page. Uh, Dave shared it last uh, week after the show, so I think it's a couple posts. Vote for Dwayne. Yeah, there's Dwayne not anybody it. on the on the planet that I can think of that does more for racing. Absolutely, and not just here, and, and not just at Attica and Fremont. It, it, he'll go to Lima Land and throw money. Waynesfield, he'll show up at Montpelier. He'll, the Rumble, you name it. Dwayne helps racing. Everywhere. He even gave in to uh, to Ron's uh, Ron's request for for late model. What was it? He did something for the late models. Yeah. Oh, I... Well, he helped with the Attica Oakshade Lake model. Is that what it was? Uh, yeah, that's what it was. Okay. And Napa uh, uh, Bryant, that's his yeah. deal too. So, yeah, I, I mean, you name it. Dwayne loves racing. And I've seen him help stock car guys and, and stuff like that too. I bet if I begged him, I'd get him to put a little something on the RK1. But, you You're know, too busy I, announcing. Yeah. That's just it. But, it's well, what I'm saying is, is Dwayne is very deserving. So if you haven't voted for him yet, head over to the RPM promoters website and vote for Dwayne Hancock for promoter of the year. I, I might have some room for, for some uh, logos on uh, my car for next year too. I on mean, the Ocho? Yeah. Really? If, uh, if he buys some new sheet metal for it. Just saying, just saying. Sheet metals cheap. How about, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. How about not, uh, not anymore. But we give away uh, some Big D's pizza. Ooh. It's always fun. Last week's uh, Big D's how many deal was the uh, winning car number at Volusia on Saturday night, World of uh, Outlaws. Uh, rain kind of won that. Nobody guessed rain. So what we did was uh, I put everybody's name in on the did Big D's. you put our names in, too? I did not. I did oh. not. Uh but everybody's name that entered last week, anybody that that made a guess, is on the Big D's pizza wheel. There's a lot of slices. We got a, we got a lot of slices to cut up here, so we're gonna spin the Big D's pizza wheel and find out who's gonna win that Big D's pizza uh, from last week. So uh, should we give that a spin, Jerry? You want to give that a spin? Ready? I can't see you, so just say yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do it. Spin wheel. Here we go. Good luck, everybody. Uh, it's going to be Gretchen Knapp. I, I, I think I know her. I think I do, too. <laughs> she might owe me a pizza now. Uh, so congratulations, Gretchen Knapp. Uh, 
win in the Big D's Pizza there. Uh, this week's How Many and a Chance to Win a uh, Big D's Pizza is... Uh, is this one weatherproof? It kind of... Yes, this one is weatherproof. Okay. How many laps will the winning car complete at the uh, Rolex 24 in the uh, DPI, the Daytona Prototype International class? I believe the record number was over 8,000 laps. I could be wrong. Maybe it was 800. Uh, yeah. I think it might have been 8,000. I don't know. It's 24 hours. You can do 8,000 laps, can't you? I don't know. I don't know. Dave Kemmer, help. <laughs> no, because it, it's roughly two minutes a lap. That'd give you about 30 laps an hour. So now times 24. So maybe it was 800. Six months, yeah, it'd be probably about 800. So it wasn't the, it was, I, I added an extra zero there. I was trying to throw you guys that's off. It. That's all. Um, <laughs> so if you would like a chance to win a Big D's pizza, put your guess in the comments uh, of how many laps the winning car will compete complete in the uh, Rolex 24. That's this weekend. Uh, in the DPI Daytona Prototype International class. I believe that's the, the newer class that they just started Is a year or two fastest ago. fastest class? I, I think so. I believe so. Not entirely sure, but I think so. I think we did this one last year, too. So um, We didn't have a winner yet last week. I'm, do you want me to guess first since we didn't have a winner last week? Well, you went first last week, and we didn't have a winner. That's It's only fair that you go first, dude. But I'm going to go with 800. Ooh. Because it's got an eight in it, and eight is a good number. Jerry, <laughs> well, I'll I'll go above. I'll, we're going to break a record. I'm going to say eight fourteen. Okay. What do you got, Ron? Seven twenty. Going low. Shoot, wow. All right. I see some of the guesses coming in. So far, the highest is uh, Scott Warner. Apparently, apparently. Nobody thinks that they're going to get that many laps, Jerry. We've we've guessed too high. I uh, will see. Uh, hey, uh, we did miss something in news. Oh, uh, Montpelier Motor Speedway. The Boss Wingless Sprints will be taking to Montpelier Motor Speedway uh, on April twenty third. It will open the season for the Boss Sprint Cars in twenty twenty two, and it's the first time back for the Boss Tour in a few years. So excited about that to see the, the non wing sprints back at Montpelier Motor Speedway. How do you get all this inside information, Jer? He was on their website. Wow. No, I'm on their Facebook page. Yeah. Well, Larry I mean, put out I, I Larry put out a, a, a release. <laughs> and Larry sends him information. And I get releases regularly. My, my work <laughs> schedule was messed up today, so I was cramming in my prep there after work. And then there was an accident on the way home, so it oh. took me forever to get home. The road was blocked. I was, it was not good. And people going slow. But um, anyways... Uh, you can put in your guess if uh, you're listening to us on uh, the podcast on uh, Apple or Google or yeah. iHeart, whatever. You have until uh, 1.30, I think, is when they start the race. If not, it's still close enough. Uh, 1.30 p.m. on Saturday, 1.30 p.m. Eastern on Saturday to uh, get your guess in for how many laps you think will be completed. If you guess more than once, you will get black flagged, just FYI. So once you put your guess in, you're locked into to whatever that number is. If we have a tie, if uh, you can guess the same number as someone else, if we have a tie, we'll spin the Big D's pizza wheel and. Uh, figure and that, out that black flag is sitting right behind me, and I'm yeah. I'm not afraid yeah. to use it. Yeah. Yeah, there it is, <laughs> back where there. You're not. What? Have you ever black flagged anybody? Um, I've 
been the result of a black I flag. Know. <laughs> uh, I know that. You've one or two. Nothing uh, coming up uh, in this area as far as racing this weekend for a while. Until probably March when uh, Attica kicks off. So I'm just going to take that section off that's, here. That's creeping up. It boy. is. It is. Like, I, know. Uh, I saw Brian Lisk. I posted something the other what, 54 days or 55 days. It's like, wow, that's wow. not long at all. Uh, Next week is Groundhog Day. Oh, goody. Fr- f- February just flies by. I hope so. I need some warm February days. Oh, so we I do. Get, pull my motor out in my unheated garage. Uh, thanks to associate producer Dave Kemmer, correspondent uh, Matt Swander, John Young, Doug Doc. Next week on the show, we got a special treat for you. Jerry Keezer uh, helped set that up. Actually, he more than helped. He set that up. Uh, Jack Hewitt will be joining us. And this one, this will be what a good show. Only. You think so? Absolutely. I, I'm thinking. I hope doesn't end up uh, like uh, Bill the Hat Man did when we... Oh, no, 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 no. Absolutely not, Jack. Anytime you can get a chance to talk to Jack Hewitt, you're going to hear some good stuff. He'll be prepared. This could rival the Kenny Wallace show. Could it? I I think so, too. Should we block out an hour and a half for next week? Um, Nah, because we're going to have him on the phone. Jack Jack will cut us off at some point in the evening. He's he's down in Florida enjoying fishing and racing, so... So make sure to tune in next week. That's uh, 7 o'clock Thursday night. That'll be February, won't it? It will. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, no hammer down hotline playback. Uh, we did have one message, but uh, the, I should have actually played that back. It, somebody saying, I don't, I don't think they realized they were being recorded, but you could hear somebody saying, I know I'm going to tell them. And then it was just <laughs> quiet for like two minutes. That was the whole Aww. message. I don't know what that was all about, but if you would like to uh, leave us a message, uh, maybe uh, something you want to ask uh, Jack or want us to ask uh, Jack next week, uh, feel free to uh, give us a call, 419-318-3081. Call anytime, day or night. Nobody's going to answer it except for the automated me. Yeah. It's fake. It's pre-recorded me. And uh, just leave a message. Just do it before uh, like 5 o'clock on uh, next Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, if you actually wanted to make the show. My birthday. Happy well, birthday, Dave Kemmer. Next week. And we'll have to sing uh, happy birthday. Next week. We'll make uh, Jack sing happy birthday to Dave. <laughs> hey, he likes to sing karaoke. You never know. Uh-huh. <laughs> Very good. Thanks again to our sponsors, Oakshade Raceway, Big D's Pizza, Ron Miller Race Cars, Freeze Frame Photos, Headhunters, Barbershop Studio and Salon, and Dittman Motorsports uh, for sponsor show. Thanks again to uh, Chris McCrone for uh, joining us as well, talking about that uh, Ohio Motorsports Park. Looking forward to that. Like Ron said, I think we're gonna have to get over there. Uh, We're we're gonna get on. Have to get on the the go karts. Us three will have an equal race. How's that? Equal race. You guys don't stand a chance. Ah. I'll talk to Chris if we can make that happen. How's that? All right. When they open, we'll be part of their soft opening with a hard crash. No hard crashes. Can we bring our own safety? We might ruin his liability. That could be a problem. I'm bringing all my safety equipment to heck with it. I'm, we're going to do it. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. We'll see you next week. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy your weekend. Yeah, stay warm. We'll see you in February. Good Bye, Jerry. Night, everybody. See you, Jerry. You have been listening to the Hammerdown Racing Report, available on demand on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting platform. 
Have you ever wanted to know how to win a Formula One Grand Prix? I mean, really know. Know about the driver tactics from the cockpit, the strategy calls from the pit wall, and even the mind games in the paddock. There's a lot more that goes into winning a Grand Prix than just 90 minutes of racing. So every week on the F1 Strategy Report, we're taking a deep dive into the decisions that shape every result. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and every week I'm joined by an expert guest from the paddock to talk through the big calls that won the race and the missteps that resulted in bitter defeat. Before every race, we'll look back at the previous year's result and consult the current form guide, and we'll be in your feed after every Grand Prix dissecting the outcome and what it means for the championship. So for your regular hit of Formula One analysis, subscribe to the F1 Strategy Report wherever you get your favourite podcasts. The Strategy Report is a beer mogul podcast on the Evergreen Podcasts Network. My name's Michael Laminato, and I'll catch you after the chequered flag.